Ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to the FNA talk, a technology update with FNAers and friends. My name is Adam Chabai. I am the subtech lead at FNA, and it will be my pleasure to guide you through this episode. At FNA Talks, we are drawing on the expertise and experience of key fintech, regtech, and subtech authorities to discuss the trends and developments defining the technology and the innovation landscapes. In today's special episode, we will focus on a recently published book entitled Data Science in Economics and Finance for Decision Makers. And I'm very pleased to say that we are joined by the editor of this very important publication, Ferdinand Andersen, advisor to senior management at the European Central Bank. Per, welcome, and thank you for joining us at the FNA Talk. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank you very much for being here and for inviting me. It's our pleasure. Per, I would like to start with the big picture. Hal Varian, the chief economist at Google, described this book as a guide for the perplexed that emphasizes the practical applications of data science for managers. Why does data science matter for decision makers in 2021? Right, well, thank you very much, Adam, for that, for that question. So um, let me start by saying that um, with my more than 25 years working with data, there has been a gigantic evolution in the availability and speed that data, that the data is generated. So we have gone from macroeconomics and macrofinancial information to micro level data. So data on individuals, individuals, transactions, individuals, purchases, um, and both on consumers and also on, uh, on institutions. So data science matters because we live in a complex and interconnected world. And that challenges the way that we take evidence-based decision-making both in the private and in the public sector. So data science is, is a tool uh, which can combine the collection and structuring and linking large data sets together, perform analysis um, and extract insights in a very timely way that can then be fed into our decision-making processes. And that is, for, of course, for ensuring um, sustainable decision-making. So um, take for, let's take an example. So take the example of, of the recent shipping incident we had in the Suez Canal with this evergreen container ship, right? And let's think about how can one ship stop more than 10% of the world trade? So imagine you have this little ship, which is a big ship in this little Suez Canal. And, and you know, and you have the ability to map all the other container ships that are queuing up and approaching to go through the canal in both directions, but they're, they're stuck. So imagine you also have the ability to know how many containers that are available on each of these container ships. And you have the knowledge and information that within each of these containers, how, what kind of products and services are they in there? So when you have all these, this information about which ships are there, how many containers are there, 
what does these containers contain? You can then structure the data according to the product types to which sectors they are allocated, even their geographical destinations. And you can near in near real time calculate the impact on the supply chain and the impact it has on the production and the industry in those geographical areas. So then we will have qualified information in order to calculate the potential impact and therefore take qualified decisions of how to mitigate and minimize this risk associated with the delay and therefore save significant amount of, of cost and, and time to market. So um, it's, it's incredible how integrated our uh, markets are um, that it can have an impact of up to and over 10% of, the, of the, the, the global trade. Thank you, Per, uh, for these very interesting insights. I think it's fair to say uh, that you and your co-authors worked on the book during a period of unprecedented disruptions. Elaborating on what you just discussed, uh, could you please share with our listeners how data science can help us tackle the impacts and implications of disruptions like the COVID-19 crisis? Yes, thank you, Adam, for this question. This is, of course, extremely important because I, I don't think there is any corner of this world that hasn't been impacted somehow in one way or another of the COVID crisis. And, and, and one, one thing that has happened is that COVID is changing the world, right? So there is a new publication that has just been released or it's available on the CCSA website, United Nation, that is called How COVID is Changing the World, a statistics perspective just released a couple of days ago. Now that, re that, that, that collects and shows the efforts and the findings done by the international and supranational organizations engaged in statistics worldwide of how to measure and also the impact and policy decisions taken in containing the COVID supporting of course humans, businesses and, and the economy. So it's about having the ability to trace and map and to cure and, and to isolate as part of following, following the COVID, right? Um, and if you have the ability to follow the COVID, uh, then of course you have the ability to take the necessary measures in order to contain it. Um, so of course data science can help um, and by using all these technologies and you, using the digitalization uh, and the transformation in our economy in order to track and trace and link um, the activities of human beings as part of trying to of course, to, to cope with the, the situation and, and limits the impact. So the data science can, can help us in, in extracting information from these new alternative data sources, uh, which we didn't have before, in order to provide timely insights uh, on the developments of the COVID in our society. Of course, it goes beyond the COVID uh, alone, right? So these alternative data sources can help us in taking more information uh, what is happening in our society. So what's the impact, right? So uh, we can, for instance, uh, look at credit cards information. So how is the expenditure of households? Are they spending or are they not spending? What are the saving rates? 
uh, we can of course go into hotel bookings and restaurant bookings and then see um, uh, the, the changes that occurs there. There are scanner data in supermarkets to see the ability of what people are purchasing and purchasing more or less. What are the consumer patterns? So there's a clear change in the consumer patterns and in the way we live and interact during this, uh, during this uh, COVID period. So the insights to the economical activities, the patterns, um, gives us early warning signs or early warning indicators, um, trends, and, and, and when these turning points uh, are, are occurring. Uh, per, you are a practitioner with over 25 years of the central banking experience. Could you please share with us how data science is transforming the work of central banks and what key opportunities and challenges does it bring? Right, thank you very much, Adam, for, for that question. Uh, so firstly, I, I'm speaking on my own behalf as an individual person, and I cannot commit the ECB or any of the central banks. Um, so that's my, of course, standard disclaimer um, for, for this. Uh, but it's changing the, the, the way of thinking significantly. So data science is transforming also the work of central banks and, and public authorities. And we are um, applying these advanced analytics and making experimental pilots in order to extract information from these alternative sources. So for instance, uh, we have arranged and have access to, to Google data. So um, all the Google search terms that, that we have um, in, in 14 European countries and, and Google has made a taxonomy available for these, term, uh, uh, for these search terms. And I have released a paper um, um, as part of the ECB working paper series of how to now cast macroeconomic indicators using this Google data. So it's about trying to gag and get a feeling about households' expenditures for consumption um, as part of a leading indicator of economic activities. Um, another part is how we also derive the euro area yield curves that, that are released on the ECB website on a daily basis uh, that is extracted from electronic trading platforms um, where we ob obtain prices and volumes and then doing the calculations overnight and making them available every day. Um, Textual analysis. So um, we we also have the tools in order to extract insight uh, from uh, news articles to now cast uh, uh, economical activity, right? Making a sentiment analysis and, and using bank reports. And then we also have access to uh, price data um, as part of our work on trying to get a better understanding on the volatility and resilience uh, of price information um, as part of the structure and the patterns in households uh, consumers uh, patterns. So that's on one side. The other side, of course, also on the IT side. So it's, uh, it's a matter of building uh, and structuring um, data lakes, right? So have the capacity to store these high volume uh, data in, in near real time 
and how to, to process it. And it also leads us to enhancing our data governance, right? So how do you in the corporate get all the data together uh, and having a similar structure that can then link the different data sets together. So certainly it has significant impact, not only on central banks, but certainly also uh, beyond in the public and the private sector. Uh, thank you, Per, for this response, and I completely agree with you. Uh, you have already uh, touched upon this to some extent, but I think it is still worth emphasizing that a cross-sectoral collaboration, uh, like, the, like the one between the ECB and Google that you have just mentioned, represents one of the key pillars of technological innovation. Uh, to what extent is this type of partnership needed to explore the opportunities provided by data science? No, but that's that's an extremely good question, um, um, Adam, and it's it, it's extremely good because the field of data science is is really is really large. It's really big. It, it's it's a huge field, and and this huge field requires that you bring together and you foster public-private academia partnerships. Um, so both in experimenting um, with these large data sources um, and also to move into regular production of insights, right? So you, your intention is to add value to the data sets that you have. Um, so it can flow into your decision-making process for sustainable decisions for the collective benefits of the corporates or the firm or, or citizens in general. So the exploration of the digital data and our digital footprint is totally understimulated and simply requires that uh, we foster um, the partnership between in particular public, private and academia partnerships. Thank you very much, Per. And again, I completely agree. Uh, let us conclude our discussion, Per, by providing our listeners with some concrete insights as to what takeaways they can expect from the book. Uh, what are the key questions that you and your co-authors have been focusing on and uh, aim to answer? Thank you. Thank you, Adam, for that question. Um, we spoke earlier about the COVID crisis, right? And, and the COVID crisis has also impacted uh, the making of this book. So when I was contacted by the publishing house, riskbook.com, they commissioned me to write approximately 200, 250 pages. Though, of course, um, as we remained in the lockdown period, um, we unusually had significantly free time um, in the evenings and the weekend to simply um, get in, engaged into the details. So the book ended up with more than 450 pages. Um, it also reflects a little bit that data science is an interdisciplinary field. So it combines both data management, statistical algorithm, modeling, econometrics, IT, and, and most importantly of all, of course, the business knowledge in economics and finance. So it's meaningful to have as many perspectives brought forward and together to mirror exactly the multidisciplinity of, of, of this book. And this is also the reason why when I was commissioned this book was to reach out to my network and I gathered 
a partnership of 20 renowned data science specialists in economics and finance to share their individual wealth of knowledge and insights to the field of data science. And we are all passionate about it. And we're coming from various fields of expertise. So from people from the academia, the public and the private sector, while we're contributing with our latest thinking and case studies. So this book um, is um, a key resource, I would say, for any financial market participants, policymaker, central banker, economist or decision maker, who is required to understand the impact and the opportunities that is presented by the transfer transformation and the digitalization uh, and fintech um, in our economy. So the book offers um, an understanding of the changes that is undertaking in this digital transformation in economic finance and the usefulness of this new digital data sources. It brings out an overview of the concepts of data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence, network analysis, and the importance of visual communication when you're dealing with large data to bring your message across. It also provides various case studies of how these techniques has been applied in practice. And it shares the knowledge of how to create data science and build uh, IT infrastructures. Um, so, and also shares the respective challenges that, that have, we have met. And fundamentally, it, it provides also a new philosophy to digital data, in particular with the vision of borderless access to digital data while ensuring uh, a human-centric approach, right? So data science is a tool. It's not a decision-making, it's, it's a tool for decision-making. So the book raises the bar for decision makers of corporates to think of data as a strategic asset where internal digital data can be exploited in near real time and linked to external data sources for generating new competitive insights and offering added value and tailored services to customers. We are of course, just on a journey that will continue to dramatically rework the financial ecosystem. And this book brings out and provides a holistic, a holistic view of the opportunities and challenges surrounding the value chain of digital data in modern societies. Many thanks, Per, for your uh, very interesting response. Uh, even though we could carry on and continue this conversation, uh, this is unfortunately all we have time for today. So thank you very much uh, for your time. You have provided us with some great insights and I'm very much looking forward to reading the book. Well, thank you very much, Adam, for inviting me um, in your studio. And uh, thank you very much for your interest in the book and uh, hope to see you soon. Uh, likewise, and stay uh, healthy. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. This is probably the most important thing these days. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, many thanks to you for your attention. Uh, if you happen to have any questions or comments for Per or I, please let us know on social media or write to us on adam at fna.fi. I very much look forward to reconnecting soon for another FNA talk. And in the meantime, have a good day, stay safe, and goodbye. Bye-bye.